Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up to talk some college football and NFL with you. And we are joined by our guest shortly, Charles Davis of Fox Sports and NFL Network. Give us a call, 718-664-9098, like always. Ray and Tate today at gmail.com. You want to give us some of your college football playoff predictions? Ray and Tate today.com. Check out Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube. We are very interactive and it's going to be a fun show. A lot of, a lot of NFL and college football folks. So what, what we're going to jump in, obviously we'll delay the, the, the Kaepernick talk and some of that get right into the college football with Charles. I mean, obviously he's the NFL draft expert from NFL network and also Fox sports covering the NFC and does a great job. And he's the new voice of Madden football, one of the commentator commentators. So we look forward to uh, just chopping it up with him and getting his thoughts on everything that has to do with college football and the NFL. You know, and that's that's what we got to find out, honestly, if Bama is ready. Can they repeat? There's going to be a big season. They still haven't picked their quarterback. You hear Texas is probably going to lean towards swoops, see if they'll be back. A lot of questions about this college football season. And, of course, the Heisman, McCaffrey, Watson, Fournette. So we'll get into that with Charles Davis and figure out what he thinks is going to happen in this college football season, as well as the NFL, Super Bowl, questions about the Broncos with Trevor Simeon and Cam Newton. Can Kaepernick remain on the team? Can he even start for the Niners, let alone the controversy, which really shouldn't be that controversial. But, you know, that's, you know, it's up in the air for everybody to discuss. And I think dialogue is the best thing for all of us in this great land and great country that we live in and love. So I'll say this, over the weekend, you hear about some of these jobs and some of the injuries. And Romo, oof, Dak Prescott, I hope he's ready. They want to try to rush with J.J. Watt and Romo back. It might be time, I hate to say it for Cowboy fans, for Tony Romo to consider, just to consider retiring. He has gone through it, and I hope he doesn't rush back and really hurt himself because this man is married with a family, young kids, and we all get it, right? You know, you can only play the game for so long. You talk about Peyton Manning as he retires, you know, his reverence for the game and love for it. Well, Romo, you know, undrafted free agent, he loves the game. But like the Bledsoe-Brady situation, Romo could be realizing, hey, Prescott might not let go of these reins ever again. Let's see, is uh, Charles Davis close to joining us? We're waiting for Ray and Charles, and uh, hopefully they'll be with us shortly. Let's see. Ray, are you with Charles? Are you there? Okay, we'll wait for Ray as he comes. I'm fascinated to see Deshaun Watson because if people don't know, we'll ask Charles about this. The ACC is going to be tough and dangerous this year. It's not just Clemson, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the Seminoles, Florida State. You've got North Carolina, Louisville, Miami. It might be a little top-heavy, but the question is really, is it ready to be the second-best conference ahead of the Big Ten or Pac-12 who – themselves can be a little top heavy 
And we'll see North Carolina, Georgia opening weekend. This is one of the best opening weekends we've ever had in college football, Alabama, USC, Georgia, North Carolina, Arizona, Brigham Young, um, LSU, Wisconsin. So we've, we've got a bunch of good games to start the college football season. So I'm very excited to see how that's going to, you know, start off and, you know, just get Charles's thoughts and opinions on the season because one thing you know, whether we're working Stanford, on the guest. Oh, we're working okay. on Charles. Oh, there he is. Hold on just one sec. Sounds great. I'll rope him in just one sec. All right. Well, we know LSU, Stanford, you know, they've got serious Heisman contenders. So this is going to be one of those seasons where these teams not only have a Heisman, but they could be potentially in the college football playoff as well. So we'll talk to Charles about that. If you remember, Charles did the games with Gus Johnson on Fox Sports College Football. He's exclusively NFL now, but with Daniel Jeremiah on the NFL Network, they do Path to the Draft, which for anybody who loves the NFL Draft, is probably the best draft preview show on television by far. I watch it religiously every day, and, you know, Brian Bowringer, they, they got some guys on there. Andrew Siciliano, he hosted with them, and it's fantastic how they analyze guys' first, second, third, fourth, fifth round, everything. And they go through all 32 teams, breaking down who they might draft and who they all should right, draft. All right, I think we've got our guest, Charles Davis, Hi, Charles. with us on the air. Charles, are you there? I am. Hello. How are you, Charles? Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. How are you guys? Uh, great, we're doing great. good. Yeah, excited for another college football and NFL season. And we're just so thankful to have you join us again. Charles, I want to jump right in. I have got to personally thank you for your new endeavor of being one of the main commentators and part of the new voice of EA Sports, Madden 17. You have given me amazing cool points in my house. I have four boys, but my 16-year-old and 7-year-old are like, Daddy, you're talking to who? (laughs) The voice of Madden? You know? Oh, that's awfully, that that is awfully kind. I really appreciate that very much. I'd be, you know, look, truth of the matter is I'm extremely humbled by the opportunity to be part of the Madden franchise. I mean, you talk about ball and you talk about this. But when you talk about the cool points with your kids, I get it. I truly get it. I have an 18-year-old son. I'm lucky enough to have the career that I have. I've been around yep. some pretty decent stuff, some pretty fun stuff. And this is the first time that I got street cred at my own house. So I get I, it. I totally get it. I mean, the first time he was that excited about anything I've ever done. So I totally understand where you're coming from. That's amazing. Tell our audience, though, Charles, because – People don't know the hard work that you had to put in, you and your um, co-commentator, Brandon. Just the details that you have to record for every different play and then its potential outcomes. Like, how many hours did you put in recording? That must be forever, right? (laughs) You know, it's funny. We made it a point early on that we weren't going to record hours because we knew that that – one, it it almost becomes self-serving to say, well, we did X number of hours. (laughs) <laughs> but the truth of the matter is you do as anyone would do. Like you guys get ready for a show. It may take you a certain amount of time one time. It may take you more time the next time. But you are going to do whatever amount of time is necessary to feel comfortable before you go to work. All right? That's right. Anyone who can hear our voices, if they have to do a presentation at work, if they have to lay bedrock somewhere, if they have to, you know, clean a toilet somewhere, and, and there's 50 of them to clean that day, you plan your day accordingly, right? What's it going to take for me to get all this done? How much time do I need to finish the job and finish it well? And then you go to work, and then you don't worry about it. And I think that's how we've approached this. We, we, you know, to do this, this, this game, you try to prepare for every eventuality, and you know that you can't get all of them because the NFL game, every time someone plays, something different pops up. But at the same time, you're like, okay, third and one running play. 
Running back carries it. Quarterback carries it. Fullback carries it. End around to the tight end. Jet sweep to the wide receiver. Reverse to the wide receiver. Wow. Get it all in there, you know? Who made the tackle? Defensive end, defensive tackle, nose tackle, inside linebacker. <laughs> you get the idea. So you're trying exactly. to put everything you can into the game with as much detail as possible for the people who are playing it. But truth of the matter is, Brandon Gauden and myself as the commentary guys, right. coupled with the great team at EA Sports, which has been doing this way longer than we have, one of our goals, one of the things that we came together and said was the commentary for the game our goal is mainly to not impede the pleasure of people playing the game. Because at a certain point, maybe if you play it a million times, you'll know every line we have to say. We're hoping it takes a, it takes a million times before you get there for that. <laughs> and, you can, and you can click our voices off and just play the game. What we're hoping is that we provide a soundtrack that's fun for people that are playing and that they have a good time with it, not, oh, my God, if I don't turn Davis's voice off, I may go out and hurt someone. <laughs> No, ne- never that. So, Charles, leaving that Madden alone, and we'll get to the NFL in a minute. Look, yeah. it's college football season. We already saw Cal and Hawaii with onside kicks starting the season, which is amazing. <laughs> but basically, I got to ask you, is it, are we headed to a Clemson-Alabama rematch with maybe Clemson seeking revenge, or are other people willing, ready, and able to crash the championship and college football playoff party? I think that, that, listen, if we had Clemson and Alabama again, it wouldn't surprise anyone based on the programs, based on the success they've had, based on the, obviously the talent pool, revenge factor for Clemson wanting to get back there. We see a lot of teams that don't win it the first time. They make it back. You know, teams that win it have a harder time because you're fighting self-satisfaction. But at Alabama, they tend to handle that pretty well overall. So none of that would surprise us. But let's let's just go conference by conference real quick. ACC, I think there's a battle. To, there's a case to be made that Florida State could be there, even though their quarterback situation is a little unsettled right now. They have plenty of talent. Dalvin Cook can, can flat out play, and you know on defense they run, chase, and hit as well as anyone. And I think my sleeper team is Louisville in, in that mm-hmm. group. I think that Louisville's got a good good ball, ball club, obviously Petrino. One game showdowns, he's pretty good in those. If I move it to the SEC, just in the SEC West, LSU has as much talent as anyone. To me, if Leonard Fournette's healthy all year long, it comes down to how well does the quarterback Brandon Harris play. Because he's going to throw against some better-looking coverages than he'll ever see because it won't just be seven or eight in the box for Fournette. It'll be seven, eight, you, and the coaching me, staff. everyone was going to be in that box trying to load up and say, guess what, Brandon Harris, you got to beat us out on the perimeter. And he has athletes who can do it with if he gets them the ball. But I think LSU is the prime contender there. Mississippi has something to prove, you know, because they feel like they're going to get overlooked because of the offseason issues. And Chad Kelly's that quarterback that can make plays and, and right. they have talent there. And then in the SEC East, Tennessee is, is the team that, that everyone is picking, including myself, and it's my alma mater. But they've got to <laughs> prove that they can beat Florida. They haven't beat Florida in 11 tries now. Can they, can, they put, can they beat Alabama? They hung tough with them last year. Alabama had to score in the last four minutes to beat them. But can they beat teams like that and be consistent? They haven't done it in a while, so they have something to prove. Florida and playing defense again. Georgia with a new coach, but probably a true freshman quarterback. Let's move it over to the uh, – Nick Chubb is back 10. too, George. They just announced he's back and he's ready to go. There you go. And Nick Chubb is a flat-out player. <laughs> All right. I mean, he's one of the best backs in the country. And, you know, when he got hurt against Tennessee last year, that really hurt Georgia's offense. Let's go to the Big Ten. I think all the powers in the East. I think it is Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan. Those are the three that I'm really keying on. Out of the West, someone will emerge. But I don't think anyone out of the West is a true national title contender. I think that they'll contend for the Big Ten because they play for a title. But I don't think they're that team. If we go to the Big 12, as long as Baker Mayfield is playing for Oklahoma, they can play with anyone. He's one of my favorite players in the country. I call him the gangster QB. That kid's got, <laughs> that kid's got a manner, manner about him. And when he transferred to Oklahoma, and as soon as he was eligible, he took over that starting job. And Trevor Knight, you guys know, is as talented as, as get, all get out. But he doesn't have that it factor that Baker Mayfield has. So Oklahoma is the pick there. I think if Kenny Hill is not worried about trademarking a nickname and just goes and plays, <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the, the TCU can be pretty darn good this year. They would be the they team can. I would look for. And don't don't expect Baylor to fall off so much initially because the talent is still there. They lost recruiting classes coming up. And obviously Jim Grove's a different coach. But did you see how much staff stayed on for, for Baylor? They're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. I wouldn't count them out immediately, and I love Seth Russell at quarterback. All right, what big conference did we miss? Pac-12. Pac-12. Stanford and McCaffrey, I don't care who plays quarterback. I do know that they're going to start um, – uh, uh, I forgot who they're starting at quarterback, but it's not Keller Chris. He's going to play a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if Keller Chris wins a job outright somewhere around midseason. But McCaffrey, they're going to run the ball like crazy. They're going to get the ball to him. They're the pick in the Pac-12. Washington is the dark horse in the Pac-12 North, but they are just back on the scene under Chris Peterson. Got a lot to prove. I love Jake Browning, the young quarterback there. Oregon, I I say count them out at your own peril just because, you know, they they have talent there. And then in the South, who's it going to be? USC, UCLA, right? Those are the ones that I would look at prime. But I think the South is always up for grabs because every year teams emerge and jump up to remember Arizona a couple years ago. So you never know. Wow, that was great in a mouthful. Hey, Charles, <laughs> keeping the transition, because we, we talk college and we talk pros, but since we're on the college, let me ask you about the Heisman Trophy. I don't remember a yeah. year where literally you could take the pie and cut it a third, a third, a third. I mean, you can make the case for Deshaun Watson, uh, McCaffrey, or Leonard Fournette, and you can make the case easily for any of them. So I won't even ask you for that. I yeah. think Sean Watson maybe has a little bit of an advantage because he maybe is the most dynamic player just because of his ability to throw mm-hmm. and run. But give me somebody outside of those three, and do you think that somebody has a realistic shot, or does it come down to which of those three guys has the best season and, of course, their team, whether they finish in the playoffs? Okay, so who'd you give me? You gave me Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, uh, McCaffrey from Stanford, yeah, and Fournette from LSU. Don't forget Dalvin Cook. There you go. How about Dalvin Cook from Florida State? Because I think he's a a home run hitter from any spot, and he has truly ticked off. They have to beat Clemson, obviously. Yeah, obviously. I'm with you on that one. They have to beat Clemson, but I believe this game is in Tallahassee. Florida State, yeah. So, so, So that helps him. But he is a, he's a threat from everywhere. I know it's a cliche, but he's also extremely upset that every time the best running backs in the country come up, everyone goes for Ned, you know, you got this guy, you got McCaffrey. Oh, yeah, there's Dalvin Cook. He is tired of, oh, yeah, there's Dalvin Cook. <laughs> right. Uh, that I know for sure. And they're going to have to lean on it. Remember, the quarterback that's going to start the season, DeAndre Francis, or Francois, he's a youngster, hasn't played yet. Okay, McGuire's got the bad foot. He's going to be out for a while. Where would you lean if you're Jimbo Fisher, especially early opening in Orlando against Mississippi? I'd lean on I'd lean on Dalvin Cook, just like John McKay used to say when they'd hand the ball to the tailbacks all the time. You said they say, "Coach, you're giving it to your tailbacks a lot," and you say, "The ball's not that heavy." So, Marshall <laughs> so Walker style, right? Exactly. I it to him until he came over. If once he tapped out, I'd let him look at me mournfully once and send him right back out there. Yeah. So, wait, let me ask you about two rookies. Speaking of guys that transitioned, uh, you know, played college last year. But Joey Bosa signed yes. finally with the Chargers. They come yes. to a meeting of the minds. And Dak Prescott, a guy who coming into the year could have been a first or second round pick, fell to the fourth round. But now because of the Romo injury, he's pressed into starting for, who knows, four to six or, or more weeks. So talk to me about those two. What do you think about them in their NFL debuts in a couple of weeks? Well, let's start with Dak Prescott. The, the poise he has shown so far is, is, is amazing. You know, it really is because nothing has flustered him. He's handled everything quite well. He's been a starter, right, in, in, in two of the three preseason games for Dallas. And then he had to come in earlier than expected in the third preseason game. He didn't expect to play until maybe even, you know, at least the second quarter, maybe even the second half. So, wow, the poise has been good. I also think that Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan, the offense coordinator, have done a really nice job of playing to his strengths. Have you noticed they haven't, you know, they haven't put him in a spot where it's been a a lot of take it from center, three, five, seven-step drops, read the field. They put him more in a comfort zone. He's been in more gun, things of that nature. So he's redoing things like he did at Mississippi State. So he's breaking in, getting his feet wet with things that make him comfortable. But he's been accurate with the football. He's been good when, when, when under a pass rush and, and taking care of the football. 
Now what's going to change for him when the regular season starts is obviously we know the speed and the tempo does increase because now the intensity is there. And you won't be seeing as many vanilla coverages as you were seeing That's in right. the preseason. They're going to so game plan for him. That. <laughs> now, here's, now here's the beauty for him. They can game plan all they want. But if you have Ezekiel Elliott, Darren McFadden, Alfred Morris, and that big offensive line, you're going to lean on them and count on them to break in a young quarterback easily by making sure he's not in adverse situations very often. Tony Witten. Yeah, Jason Witten. Nice to have yeah. security blanket too. Incre- incredible security blanket. A quarterback's best friend is always a great tight end. Yeah. A young quarterback's best friend is almost any tight end because those yeah. throws are right in their line of vision. They're sight line throws, and you're comfortable with them. And then, of course, you have Dez outside. So I think he breaks in very well, and he's done a great job in the early going. Things will jump up, but his poise should allow him to handle things. Poise in the running game early. Joey Bosa, look, he's, I don't think he plays in the final preseason game. I think they get him in camp, they work him through stuff, and they get him ready for the opener, at least as a designated pass rusher. And right. then before long, they get him in there full time. Obviously, it would have been great to have him for the full camp. That didn't happen. You deal with it. It's the NFL. And I know he's been working out in Florida like a demon. So I know he's in shape, but he's got to get in football shape because we all know right. that. You don't want those soft different. tissue injuries, Charles, either. No. No, <laughs> no listen, guys, guys who are going through preseason, we've seen it already. As much as, you know, this is not a laughing matter, as we well know, and it's a cause of concern. But doesn't it feel like the torn Achilles is this year's ACL injury? Yeah. Because if you look at the preseason, I mean, Jeff Cumberland from San Diego, Brandon Oliver from San Diego, Benjamin Watson from the Baltimore Ravens, uh, torn ACLs, gone for the season before we even get started. It's it's a scary proposition out there. So even if you're in great shape, even if you've gone through camp, even if you've done all the right things, injuries can happen because of the speed of the game and the ferocity of it. Definitely. So, Charles, is is Cam Newton ready to – improve having Benjamin back and, and just the, you know, the controversy of the Super Bowl and, and, and we saw the improvement last year, still under 50, 60%. Yeah. If you can get to 63 or 65%, you know, the, the preseason, one game, good, mm-hmm. game's kind of rough. Is he, is he ready to, like, kind of lead them and maybe like the Clemson and Watson, right, they're kind of like that symmetry, get that Super Bowl, or could we see – the, you know, the, the comeback of the dark side, Brady after the suspension, Rogers disrespected after a bad season without Nelson, you know, Big Ben, if he can, you know, keep everybody healthy and Palmer, like, tasting it. Who do you think out of all those quarterbacks is really ready to kind of, you know, grab the NFL and lead their team to, to the Super Bowl? I think you've hit on a number of great storylines. Rogers is the one that I lock in on the most because you look back at his numbers last year, guys, well, he's a 63% thrower. Yeah. He threw for 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. And the entire offseason, people have talked about how maybe it was one of his worst seasons and Aaron Rodgers has got to get better and he didn't make plays that needed to be made. Now, I know he's in there going, <laughs> um, did you see who I was throwing to last year? When I threw the Hail yeah. Mary against Arizona in the, Super, in the uh, playoffs, that was Jeff Janis I was trying to find downfield. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And Richard Rogers. And Richard Rogers against Detroit. Bingo. Great call on that one. So I think that he's one. I think he's extremely motivated. And it doesn't take much to motivate Aaron Rodgers even more. And that's a little frightening. But I will tell you this I saw Cam in person this year. I I, I did the Tennessee Titans preseason. And they came to to Nashville. And this is what I saw with Cam. I saw a guy put in work in the offseason. I saw a guy who was better with his footwork better on the short to intermediate throws. And to your point earlier, you did say if he can get to 63 or 65%, if he gets to 63 or 65% throwing the ball, unstoppable. They might have to, they might have to outlaw him. Yeah. Okay. They, they might have to <laughs> say, you can't play anymore. Because if he continues to move the sticks and get more first downs, here's the thing people have to remember. That team last year was Cam throwing at less than 60% put up 500 points for the season without Kelvin Benjamin either. Without no Kelvin Benjamin, big wide receiver, <laughs> no Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches didn't really start to have an impact until probably three quarters to, or more into the season before he started to catch the ball and grasp things, the whole deal. 
I saw those jumbo receivers, and it was so funny. I was talking uh, at halftime of that game, of the preseason game with Dave Gettleman, the GM. And right. I've known Coach Gettleman for a number of years. I actually played against his teams in high school. Wow. And he, he just looked at me, and he said, Charles, as long as we play football, big guys are always going to be something you got to deal with. That's and right. I like big guys. And you look at you look at Benjamin, look at Funches out wide, Greg Olson running down the middle, Ted Ginn gives you the speed that you're looking for. They, if they run the ball the way they've been running it, those guys get way more dangerous out wide. Because I saw like three occasions in that game, DBs making plays on the football, or they thought they were, but they couldn't go through the bodies of Benjamin or Funches to get to the ball. So good luck with that. Let me ask you about this. The, the regular season seems to be about offense, spreading the ball out, all kinds of numbers, pinball numbers being put up. I mean, we have to rewrite the record books and, and, and right. 4,000 yards or 5,000 yards is the new 4,000 yards. <laughs> but then at the end, you look at who's winning Super Bowls. So you got Seattle winning, I, I say one and a half Super Bowls, right? <laughs> they almost right. won against right. the, the Patriots, right? If it weren't for that one uh, mistake by Russell Wilson at the end. Uh, and obviously the Broncos, you know, were offensive-minded for two straight years, and then the defense carried them to, to Peyton's third in Peyton's third year. So, so talk to us about that schizophrenia where the, the regular season – I mean, it feels like more than ever. You know, <laughs> the, the you know, regular season and the postseason look totally different. That's a great point, and, and, it's, and it's one that I think we will continue to see for a long time because this is where I think the NFL game and actually the NBA game have some similar have some similarities. Yes. Wide open during the regular season, but you get to the playoffs and that playoff pressure kicks in and even the coaches who are the most liberal and what they like to do offensively, if they have a, a dry series or two, they might tighten down a little bit more and every series, every snap takes on higher significance. So people take a little longer. They think about it a little bit more. They want to make sure every play's perfect. And the game becomes a little more deliberate. In the NBA, you see a lot of open court play during the regular season, don't you? And in the playoffs, sure. it is a half court slog. You've got to be ready for every possession, body on body, matchup on matchup. You don't, because coaches go crazy when the ball gets kicked on the break in, in the playoffs because they know that every possession is crucial. So I think there's some similarities in that. That's one reason why the game tends to slow down. When you get a blowout in the playoffs, it's often because of what Carolina did to Arizona. The defense takes the ball away and converts. Would they get six six takeaways against Arizona in that championship game and blew them out? Ordinarily, that game's not a blowout game. Arizona and Carolina match very well. But when they turned it over like that, Keekley takes it and sticks it in the end zone and right on down the line, that changes everything. But the rest of them, I mean, how many great playoff games did we have? Look at Green Bay and Arizona. Right. Look, look, look at look at all the matchups we had along the way. Look at that New England Denver game where the defense ends up winning it because they can't convert a two point conversion, and got, and they had to do it because Goskowski had missed an extra point because of the new play, new PAT rule. So you when you get games that are that close and every possession every point really matters, the game slows down a little bit and you're not as wide open. No, definitely not, Charles. You know I got to get into it with you and just ask you this. Yeah. Everybody in the whole world, especially the Twitterverse, is talking about our guy in San Francisco, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. His, yeah. you know, his his sitting down, doing it for the anthem. I just saw Jim Brown and Dr. Boyd on the NFL Network, and I think there's so many good points and so many good conversations. And Kaepernick is at least, you know, kind of following in Dwayne Wade and Carmelo and LeBron and different people. And Michael Bennett put this call out. And I wonder, do you know if it's something where it matters because he is not the starting guaranteed quarterback and the star anymore and that he's sort of, you know, the lesser player and fighting for his, you know, thing? Because at the end of the day, he's not – I think most people agree what he's talking about is important and it's just and right, right? People aren't going to necessarily fight that. But a lot of people are like, hey, hey, don't, you know, don't disrespect the answer. Right. But then the flag means different things to different races, cultures, and people. So just how do you think the Niners should deal with it? And how do you think things will play out for Kaepernick 
and the Niners organization on the business side as well? Well, I think the Niners are dealing with it the exact right way. This is an individual exercising his own right, you know, to do what he wants to do. Now, I know teams would much rather, because I've heard some coaches, and there have been a lot of anonymous head coach quotes saying, you know, on my team, you're going to stand for the anthem, period. That's that's just how it is. Well, we heard Jeff Fisher on Hard Knocks, how he feels about it. (laughs) Right, exactly. A lot of them feel that way, but then again, a lot of it depends on which player's doing it. You know, if, if, let, let's let's say this was New England, and 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 we don't know because Bill Belichick's smart enough never to tell us what he really believes in, because that mm-hmm. way he can adjust how he wants to. But let's say Belichick was real big on everyone stands for the anthem, and Brady goes, you know, not feeling that. <laughs> I think he'd figure out a way to work around it. I really do. I just think that that's how it works. Now, bottom line is, for me, I probably wouldn't go Collins' path. All right. I have different belief system about the flag. Do I have some issues with our country? Of course I do. I yeah. get some issues with a lot of things. But I also know that there are a lot of really good people out there trying to do some really good things. Have I had things happen to me that I'd like to never repeat and hope they don't happen to other people? You're darn right I do. <laughs> but, again, I do believe in this country. And so I would stand for the flag for my own reasons, not necessarily – in direct opposition to what Colin Kaepernick's doing. As a teammate, I hope that I would support him in that I'm going to stand with you because that's what you believe, even though we may differ in it. But you're still my teammate, and I hope that wouldn't affect me. But I don't know if that's real world. You got some real guys guys who are saying, hold up a second. I got family serving in the military. To me, you're, you're disrespecting the flag and what they do. I got a problem with you. You're going to have that. That's real life. Here's the thing we all have to keep in mind. And just keep just, – just remember this. People make a stand about different things that are hot-button topics. And in America, this is a gross generalization, but tell me where you think I'm really wrong. You don't mess with Lassie, and you don't mess with the flag. In other words, <laughs> Michael Vick's issues with the dogs, yeah. people were organized protesting. Okay, I'm not saying he was right in what he did. I'm just saying what was the fallout, what was the aftermath, what was the shakedown. Right, because in this country, people treat their dogs better than a lot of human beings are treated all over the world. Now think about, about, you remember the protests? You remember all the the vitriol? You remember all of that? Okay, Uh, now it was everywhere, right? uh, Greg Hardy gets another chance after domestic abuse ad nauseum. uh, Josh Brown... The kicker yes. for the Giants is just talking about game. different things. It's That's one game, ridiculous. And the Giants and the Giants are standing with him. Do you really think there's going to be an organized protest at the Giants game over Josh Brown? I doubt it. No. And then you throw in then you throw in the flag of our country. You think you think people really people go crazy about that? <laughs> They're not looking at it overall about why right. he's doing it and and that we fight for the right. And then listen to his explanation too, Charles. That's right. the, the thing so, that I don't like. Is he and, clearly explained and, what he what he felt? Well, when he first said it, there right. wasn't enough depth to it. The second right. day, when he had a time to really expound made people sit and listen. Now, it's not, it doesn't mean people are going to believe him or like it or whatever. That's not the point. The point is, if he ends up getting cut by San Francisco, as is rumored, okay, if he doesn't get another chance, if he wants one to play in the league, in a quarterback needy league, yet we've given multiple opportunities to guys like the Greg Hardys of the world. Josh Brown just happened. We have a whole bunch of other things that have happened out there, and guys are getting chances and getting out of their opportunities. And no one signed him for that reason. I'd want to That's go to the next owners meeting and say, you got to be kidding me, right? Right, exactly. You, you got to be kidding me. That's the issue <laughs> as opposed to, I mean, who is, he, who is he hurt other than, frankly, himself in this situation? Exactly. I know he's Nobody. hurting some feelings of some people, but he has not hurt dogs. He has not slapped around a woman. He has not done anything like that. So for that reason, I'm eager to see what happens as we go, 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 go through the process. And here's the other thing. I know a lot of people would say, well, if this were Tom Brady, if this were Peyton Manning, if this were Drew Brees, it wouldn't be the same. I don't know that that's true because when it comes to the flag of our country, oh, boy. When you, yeah. when you don't stand up for it, just look at, just look at what we had in our race for president. You know, when it comes to defending that, how do we treat our Gold Star families? How do we honor our veterans? That's a very big deal. And a lot of that comes from people who are sitting on the couch on Sunday watching a game. And if, let's say, I'm doing my open to the game and somehow we were dumb enough to do it with an anthem playing in the background, 
the people, the person sitting at home making a sandwich in his flag co- flag colored boxer shorts <laughs> will be screaming at me about disrespecting the country. You know that's true. No, that's yeah. true. Hey Charles, listen, this is great. We love having you on, and we'd love to have you on, you know, forever and and keep coming back. Let me get you out of here on this though. Okay. We love hearing you doing college, doing the draft, doing pro. Mm-hmm. So we're sports junkies, and we love what you do. But we hear your name being bandied around a little bit for sports administration roles. Now, obviously, we want to keep <laughs> yeah. you on the other side, but is that something that interests you? You're Obviously, you'll be great at it. We're 100% convinced that you'd be fantastic. You represent you know, a, a rational mind, the, the, the student athlete, and the person that's been in, on the business side. So you, you'd be great. But is that something that you'd entertain? That was my career track coming out of college. I was on track to be an athletic director. That was my my stated goal. In fact, I, I privately had always said I wanted to be the first black African-American athletic director in the Southeastern Conference. And Damon Evans from Georgia became that person. But I knew right. Damon from previously, and he kind of came after me a little bit. And one of the greatest things that ever happened in my career was that Damon called me after he got that job and said, this, this was supposed to be you. Wow. And I've never forgotten that. Now, all that means is that was my career track then. I love where I am now. I love my career right, right now. I can't imagine doing anything else, and I hope that I won't have to for a long time. It's flattering that someone would think of me in those terms. But it's it's a non-issue, you know. It's a hypothetical at this point. Right, right. But the bottom line is, I absolutely love what I'm doing, and I don't have any thoughts about doing anything else at this time. Well, no, that's, that's great. That's Look, you'll be great at it, and, and if that's if that's what your heart desires, then go for it. But we like you on this side, with Matt. Yeah, we do. I want to stay. Hey, I want to stay on this side too. Okay? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> want to stay on this side. Too. Wait, wait, Charles. I got one more for you. I can't let you go okay. and leave Ray and Tay without you know talking to defending champs with Trevor Simeon, the AFC, yeah. and you know my Steelers, which I think have a great chance. Brady and the Patriots. And then the NFC. So give us give us two teams, an NFC champ and an AFC champ. Who do you think is going to be in Houston, Super Bowl 51? It's going to be a great battle. I'll start in the NFC. I think that the Arizona and Seattle do slug it out in the West. I think that in the, in the, in the South, in the NFC South, right now it's Carolina and Steel Chase. I think in the NFC East, boy, that was just a whole mishmash. But it really shocked me at all to see the Giants jump up there this year, even though they've looked very poor in the preseason on offense. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you then you look at the NFC and NFC North, and Green Bay, Minnesota. Right now, the two teams slugging it out. I do think Green Bay's got a great chance of emerging out of out of the NFC. I don't think Carolina's going down without a major fight though. They may not go 51. But I wouldn't right. be surprised to see them winning 12, 13 games again. They're that talented. Then you go over to the AFC. It's still New England and Chase in the East. In the, in the AFC South, that's going to be one of the most intriguing divisions. They were so bad last year. But it is an intrigue. Everyone got better. Everyone moved yeah. and, and looked good. Houston could very easily defend that crown, guys. You get J.J. Watt back and the offense moving along. Osweiler looking pretty sharp. I, I would, that wouldn't shock me at all. I know people want to give it to Indianapolis, but Houston, I think, looks good. But Jacksonville, they didn't play very well the other night against Cincinnati. They've gotten better. They've got to continue to show. And Tennessee's gotten better as well. They have seen one, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I think you're going to just, just, just beat each other half to death going at it. And Baltimore <laughs> will be much improved, no doubt in my mind. And then the AFC West, I think it's Kansas City's division. And I think Oakland really makes a strong push towards the playoffs this year. And Denver, of course, is going to be in it if they're whoever plays quarterback, whether it's Simeon or eventually Paxton Lynch. Right. If they take care of the ball and somehow average somewhere around 20 points a game, then Denver's in every game because their defense would make that hold up. That's great. It's going to be a great season. Charles, thanks for joining us. I can't wait to get Madden. My son's birthday is September 9th, so he'll be ra- unwrapping that. He doesn't know yet, but oh, he'll be listening to you. Well, happy, birth- happy birthday to him, and tell him that mute key, he can use it at any time, okay? <laughs> we, appreciate, we appreciate him playing the game, that's for sure. <laughs> 
Thank definitely, you so much, definitely. Charles. Thanks for all your time. We appreciate it, and uh, we'd love to have you back. So uh, keep us Look in forward mind. to it. We're big. Our listeners are big fans, and so are we. Hey, thank you guys very much. Always enjoy chopping it up with you and look forward to another return, okay? All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Thanks Charles. All right. Be good, guys. Thank you. Bye. Uh, That was fun. Talking college football, Madden 17 football, and NFL football with Charles Davis from Fox Sports and NFL Network. It really doesn't get any better than that. And, Ray, you, you said it best selfishly. We'd be happy and proud of him to be the AD for his alma mater at Tennessee, but we want to hear him at half of the draft, NFL, you know, on Fox every Sunday, just all that stuff. It's time yeah, for hold college on, we got, football. We got, a, we got a college football preview coming up. But hold on. We got a caller here who's been waiting. Okay, that's, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Is this Naj from Atlanta? Hello, Naj, you with us? Oh, sorry about that. I had I had my phone on mute, but yes, yes. How you guys doing? Sorry, sorry. We didn't even see you on the desk, but we got caught up in uh, in Charles Davis. But uh, how you doing? How you doing? Did you listen in on on his uh, call? What'd you think? Oh man, beautiful interview, man. He's always been a good guy. He's always been informative, and you know he just has that kind of personality where you can tell he's a guy who's easy to get along with. Probably makes friends fast. Uh, the opposite of me, basically, but. You know, uh, that, that was a good interview. <laughs> nah, you sound like a good guy. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't want to jump in on your interview. I wanted to listen. So, yeah, that was no, good. No, definitely. So, listen, Naj, we got you on. We're about to preview the, the college football season. Give us uh, who, who you think's going to win the Heisman and give us your college football championship. Break it down, man. Uh, basically, my man from Stanford will not be cheated again. Yep. Or <laughs> the, the great quarterback from Clemson will win. Uh, I'm betting on the running back because running backs can make spectacular plays that can kind of, you know, excite a nation and lead to highlight clips that last forever. So I, I think if he does another season like that, they can't deny him again. Uh, I think Watson, you know, as great as he is, and I think should be the number one overall pick, I, I really got to go with the running back from Stanford. And by the way, he got a – people don't realize he had 1,000 yards just returning last year. Oh, he broke Barry Sanders' record. He I mean, plays special teams as well as he does from scrimmage. So he he's just a threat anytime he's on the field. Well, you know he's a gritty coach's son who has deceptive speed, and uh, the other players just can't seem to understand his deceptive speed. It appears that's what the announcers oh, yeah. tell me. Yeah, no, his father <laughs> is in the NFL. Yeah, father in the NFL. The mother's. Uh, the mother's father was an Olympian. His uncle played, you know, Duke. So McCaffrey. No, no, no. I, I, no, I'm just joking, man. You know how that announces Duke. You got a white no, running no, back who's deceptively yeah. fast. Black man. You know oh, how it goes, man. Uh, shout oh, out to bro. him, though. I, I love watching the kid play. No, no, definitely. What, what about your, uh, your your championship? Who you got? Uh, the team with no quarterback right now. Bama. <laughs> <laughs> They've done this before. Uh, Saban doesn't need one. He'll pick one sooner or later. And uh, whoever that guy is, I'm sure he'll make the, you know, the game management plays he needs to make. And Alabama rolls again. Roll damn tide. Roll tide, uh, yeah. And you're in SEC country, so you must be seeing that from all angles. Yeah, man. And I'm a transplant, so I had to kind of get indoctrinated to some of this SEC stuff because I got down here and I didn't believe them. But then I get down here and they run off seven chips in a row, and you know, yeah. it's hard to deny it, man. They they are what they are, man. And I I I, I really don't see anybody beating those guys. But I want to watch Clemson as much must see TV every Saturday. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. I don't think. Anybody would be disappointed in a Clemson, Alabama, you know, rematch. rematch. Yeah. It'll be Indeed. Indeed. All right, man. Well, thanks for calling. Stay online, and we're going to finish our preview, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again on Friday. All right, man. Y'all have a good one. All right. You All too. Right. Ray, man, great show. Let's get into it. Like Charles broke it down for us in, like, amazing mouthful. We'll go down the conferences, and then we'll do our Heisman and championship. ACC, who's your champ? Oh, man. I'm actually going to go against the grain. Started off right, Florida State. They host Clemson. 
Dalvin Cook, we talked about him. I think Deshaun Watson has one bad game, and it might be against this Florida State defense. So I'm taking FSU and Jumbo Fisher. Listen, it's hard to go against Cook Fisher. I don't necessarily love the quarterback, Florida State. But I'll tell you this, Clemson and Sweeney, Dabo Dabo all day. I believe Clemson is – they're ready for a serious run. I got them in the ACC. Big Ten, who's your champ? I got to go with Ohio State, despite the fact that they lost, you know, a team and a half in the draft <laughs> all going in the first round. Urban Meyer uh, recruits for days and days and days. Remember, shh, remember JT Barrett? He's coming back. He never left. So you get a guy who was basically – New running uh, back, the, Mike Weber, yep. Yeah, Big Ten uh, Offensive Player of the Year. They have some challenges, though, because they have some road games against Oklahoma and Michigan State. So we'll know if they're any good because they'll have to play through it. But I I think Ohio State wins. I think they're a little bit better than Michigan. I think the tide has turned and the blue is back. Go blue. Hallball, Michigan is ready. They've got the offensive-defensive line. I think they're going to be ready to smash mouth and, and, and revenge that Michigan State loss and just finally nail it home and win the Big Ten. I got to say, JT Barrett, Barrett I, I don't like – I just don't think he's actually that great. He's a, a, a good quarterback and more of a game manager. When it comes down to it, if they have a shootout, he, he's not going to be able to put them over the hump. Big 12, who you got? Oh, you know, this one is the one where you can I mean, maybe Oklahoma State can give them a game, but ultimately Oklahoma runs away with this conference. They, they're the one team in their conference, maybe Alabama, but they're the one team in their conference where nobody even competes. TCU um, you know, has we, a shot, Ray. TCU has some talent. They got a shot. And, and Thrill Hill. Kenny Hill, I'm not saying they're not talented. I'm just yeah. saying I don't feel them as much, and, and I think Oklahoma runs away with it, I, and I think they blow them out. I agree. I got Oklahoma. At the end of the day, I mean, Baker Mayfield, I think he's kind of special. Now, they lost Shepard to the pros. They've got some speed on defense. They're going to be tough. I got Oklahoma as well. Pac-12, who are you going with? <sighs> this Stanford team might go undefeated. I mean, I don't usually Tough say that. Schedule. David Shaw is a friend to the show. We need to get him yeah. back. But I think they're, they're, they're that good as a team, and Christian McCaffrey is that good as an individual player. So I like Stanford possibly undefeated in the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I think they they got to get over that hump of the Notre Dame game. But I got Stanford as well. I think the schedule favors them. Their tougher games are at home. You know, we'll see how it all plays out. But at the end of the day, I think the Stanford Cardinals are, are going to win the Pac-12, but they could have one or two losses. You just never know with that Pac-12 week to week. Those teams can be dangerous. SEC, I think we both got the same team. Roll Tide. Tell me if you think anybody can challenge Bama, or is it just Bama's in a landslide? It's Bama's to win. The mm-hmm. only thing is that the LSU Tigers get Alabama at home. Yeah. And so that's the only thing. You go into Baton Rouge, and you know now with all the you know with all that happened about a month ago, and and the flooding yeah. and the disasters and everything, they may rally and, and try and uh, you know get the troops ready. But I, I still like Alabama. But to me, LSU is the only team that has a chance. Well, like Charles said, if Harris could get going, he's got good receivers on the outside, potential NFL talent, and Fournette is I. He's got to be hurting from last year what Bama did to him. It would be fascinating to see if he can sort of seek revenge on that. Who's your Heisman pick? This is a big one. You know, I love what my caller from Atlanta said. Naz, I completely agree. Uh, Deshaun Watson may be the most dynamic, but I think you can stop him in one or two games. And if my prediction is true that Florida State beats Clemson, then that costs him the Heisman. Christian McCaffrey broke Barry Sanders' record for all, uh, for all purpose yards, and I think he'll break it again this year. The guy, he might, they might hold him back, but if he's on the field – 
whether it's in special teams, whether it's you know in the open field, whether it's out of the backfield. I just like Christian McCaffrey's ability to impact the game on every single play. You could say the same for Deshaun Watson, so it's a close race, but I like McCaffrey. You know what? This is a hard one. I've gone back and forth. I think Fournette is going to start out heavy and, and fast early, but I think Bama will stop him again, but I don't think they'll collapse. So he'll still, you know, be in the top three and, and, and very close. But actually for me, I thought McCaffrey should have got it last year, and I don't think he's going to now look – Barry Sanders Jr. transferred to Oklahoma State, going back to following his father's footsteps. So McCaffrey's going to get a lot of the carries. I don't know if they want to wear him down as much as last year maybe and keep him fresh for the Pac-12 championship and the college football playoff. So I don't know if the stats will be as boombastic as they were last year. And I think Deshaun Watson is like he's the mixture of like Cam Newton and Michael Vick and Drew Brees. This kid is the truth dual threat, even though he doesn't like that. He is a legit passing quarterback, but he can run. And he's going to win himself the Heisman. Deshaun Watson will be the Heisman. So I'm looking forward to it. Your final four, college football playoff. Who you got? One, two, three, four. Break it down. So number one seed and number one in your program and number one in your heart is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. They'll play the number four Ohio State Buckeyes. Number two, Oklahoma Sooners play the number three, Stanford Cardinal. The winners, Alabama, Oklahoma. Alabama, Oklahoma? Yeah, and then I'll tell you my national cha- – I'll go all the way then. I'll tell you yeah. my national champion. Yeah, I, okay. I think ultimately Nick Saban, you give him a month to prepare – uh, he'll play prepare for those two teams and or three teams. I guess you got to pay for, for everybody. Uh, and I think he'll shut you down. And in that way, I think even though he's a he's a bad man, you know our quarterback from Oklahoma, Alabama Baker. just too much. Yeah, Baker wow. Mayfield. He's too much. You got the I repeat. Think it's the repeat. You know why? Because I look at the teams and I say to beat the champion, you got to knock him in the mouth. You got to knock him out. And to me, nobody out there can knock out Alabama. They might be able to beat A lot of that front him. seven went to the NFL. They don't yeah, have that a lot of teams did, but you know. Nick Saban and Urban Meyer, those guys reload. Now, no, if I'm sure do. if we're in Tuscaloosa looking at summer or, uh, spring practice and, and looking at the games now, they'll be fine. And I think Alabama, like the caller said, has won without a quarterback in the past. So right yeah. now, until I see anything differently, you know, you got to win. To win the national championship, you've got to win your conference or get to the conference championship, win that first playoff game, and then win that game, I think Alabama's equipped to do that more than any it's other It's going to be fascinating. I'll tell you, week one, when they play USC and they see Lane Kiffin go up against this old school, that really is going to be a test and fascinating. You know, you could wind up seeing Bama try to run it up on USC, and we'll see if USC is tough enough to even keep the game close. Because I know Kippen is going to design the best game plan he's ever, you know, the way they fired him, you know. So he's going to be like, take that, airport. <laughs> so, all right, my final four, Clemson number one versus number four, Michigan. And then I have number two, Bama, against number three, Oklahoma. I've got Clemson taking care of Michigan. Pretty close game, maybe 34-24, 10 point maybe 11-point win. We'll see. And then I've got Bama losing a close battle and not losing back okay. to the chip. I got Bama getting upset by Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield. Remember, they, they have trouble sometimes with these running quarterbacks. And I think Oklahoma and Soups is ready to get himself back to the chip. And I think they upset Bama 31-30. Just because I, I feel like this is the Bama team. They don't have Drake. They don't have uh, Henry. It's going to be just a little bit less. And it's enough that Oklahoma and Mayfield can edge them out. And then in my chips, 
It's all about Dabo Sweeney and Deshaun Watson. This is the, the year of Deshaun. He'll get the chip, he'll get the Heisman, and he'll get the number one pick. So, so I'm taking Cam Newton. That's his guy. That's his big brother. <laughs> yep. Cam Newton. Deshaun Watson will beat Oklahoma, I'd say, uh, 34-28 in a nice competitive back-and-forth championship game. But uh, Clemson picks off Mayfield at the end, and, and they win it. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So now when the season comes out, they have their final top 10 and top 25 rankings. Let's just give our audience our final top 10. You go with yours first. What's it going to be, that final top 10, Ray? All right. So obviously it depends on who you think wins the national championship and how the semifinals play out. But I'll just give you my top 10. I think Alabama, despite the fact that they don't have a quarterback, still is the best team out there. Number two, Clemson, led by Heisman Trophy finalist, definitely, Deshaun Watson. Oklahoma, number three. Florida State, number four. Ohio State, number five. A really good Stanford team at number six. Boise State at number seven. Wow. Don't sleep on Boise. Number okay. eight, LSU. Number nine, TCU. And number ten, Notre Dame. Lost a lot of people in the you know, first couple games, but they'll be back. Ryan Kelly will pull it together, and Notre Dame, Notre Dame will sneak into that top ten at the end of the season. Okay, no love for Michigan. That's fascinating. Nope. You got them outside of the top ten. I'm not mad at you. Okay. So I got Clemson number one, Oklahoma number two. You know, they'll be coming in second in that championship. Bama will be three. I wonder if Saban gets the quarterback play, you know, to be good enough. If he if he ever gets, you know, he's got to still has to pick the quarterback. But if he selects them and whatever, maybe they wind up winning it all. But I don't think so. There'll be three. Michigan, four. Ohio State, five. They're going to win their bowl game by a lot, whoever they play. Number six, Florida State. Number seven, I went back and forth on this one, but I decided to put Stanford number seven because I think when they play Notre Dame, they're going to beat them in a close one and in a battle. Notre Dame eight, LSU and Fournette nine, and number 10, TCU. You know, Gary Patterson, he, he's great with defense. Last year they had all those injuries. Everybody's coming back. Don't be shocked if they wind up upsetting Oklahoma to win the Big 12. But right now I got the number 10, but they're going to clearly be the second best team in the in the Big 12 and definitely win the bowl game. So that's my, my top 10. I want to ask you this. Before we wrap it up, we got to give a – I guess Friday we'll talk about the U.S. Open, but starting so we can give our quick picks. Texas, do they, do they have a bounce back year? I think, you know, they got us um, – they announced, uh, I forgot the kid's first name, Swoops, I think is their quarterback. You think Texas has a bounce back here? Charlie Strong, it looks like he's got, got them ready and, and, and willing and able. You know, I think they have a decent year. I think from now they take baby steps. I, th- I think the, the bad is behind them, and they take baby steps forward. I'm not sure they're ready to be, you know, prime time the way they want to be, top five, top ten every year. But I think they can right. put together a decent season. I think Charlie Strong is a, is the right guy there. Uh, he almost lost the ship. He almost lost control. People weren't buying in, but I think he turned it around, and hopefully it's uphill from here. But I think they, they make marginal improvements, maybe one game a year, and then maybe in two, three years they're competing for national championship. Yeah, I would tend to agree. And I think surprisingly, look, ACC, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina is going to give Georgia a battle week one. Louisville and Miami with their young, their stud quarterback. ACC could wind up being the second or third best conference rate. They're going to push the Big Ten and the Pac-12 this year. So I think we're going to see some strong play out of the ACC behind the SEC. Real quick, U.S. Open. Talk about it on Friday as the results come in. But who do you think is going to win the final major? the tennis season. I sound like a broken record, and it's like Tiger <laughs> when he was in his prime. Every single tournament, you don't even have to ask me, every single tournament yeah. from now until future notice is going to be Novak Djokovic on the men's side, Serena Williams on the women's side. You can't. You can't even take the field. You have to take them over the field. 
Oh, right. And this Listen. is a surface that they're both really good at. And but they the both Joker's can dominate rich. on this you surface. You think the wrist is healthy enough? So that's the only question mark. Right. I do think it's healthy enough. I think losing in Rio early, uh, doing – well, Serena lost in Rio, so that probably gets her head right. Pulling out of Rio, you know, not playing, I think Djokovic will be right. So both of them will be just fine, good enough to win in Queens in exactly two weeks. I got to go the same thing, but I wouldn't be sh- surprised or shocked if our boy Andy Murray upsets the Joker, but I got to go with the Joker. Too talented, too good, too much posse, and Serena is going to get it done and end the year on the right note. Great show. Shout out and, and so thanks to Madden and the gamers and everybody. So check out Charles Davis and uh, Brandon Gooden. And um, he does the Big Ten Network game. So they're, they're doing a great job. Can't wait to get to Madden. And, um, of course, Charles Davis just breaking down college and NFL for us. You know, just an amazing, you know, guest like always. Thanks to, to Gail, Gail Simon, and, and we just appreciate it. And uh, listen, have a great sports week. Thursday, we'll talk about Friday, all the NFL cuts. Preseason game number four doesn't really matter except for, you know, guys trying to, trying to make that back end of the roster. Simeon got his starting job, and we'll see if Gabbard or Kaepernick is, you know, going to be announced as a starter or Kaepernick gets cut, whatever. But uh, basically, have a great sports week. The Royals, the Royals, we'll talk some baseball Friday. The Royals are on fire, Ray, and the Mariners, wow. Have a good week. Unbelievable. Have a great sports week. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey. Let's go, Yankees.